0: Hey, thank you so much for checking out today's video. I'm Pastor Matt, this is Pastor Adrian, and we pray this message blesses you and encourages you all throughout your week. Absolutely. For any more information on how to be praying with us or to become a part of our community or to give, please head on over to takeovergera.com. How are we doing this morning? Good. Good? Doing pretty good. That worship was awesome, so I'm feeling real good. Um, well... As you guys know, I'm not uh, I'm not Matt, right? Matt and Adrian are gone, um, so I get the the privilege of you know bringing the word today, and um, I'm just very honored to be able to be up here and and you know speak to you what the Lord's been laying on my heart. And uh, before we get started, though, I would just like to um, I would just like to honor Matt and Adrian because obviously they're on vacation, they're not here. But uh, if you know Matt. You know that he—he's uh, not far off. He's definitely watching right now. So if you guys—if you guys just give them a shout, like let's just make some noise for Matt and Adrian, because they are, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, we—we we, we love you guys. Uh, I know that you guys are uh, tuning in right now, so we just want to honor you. Uh, and then, uh, before I get started again, let's just make some noise for the Lord. Can we make a, a shout of praise for the Lord because He is good, and He is He is faithful and. Um, Man, that uh, this moment up here was just incredible, and then Nikki crying up here, I was crying in the back. So you know that just that's what happens when Nikki cries. So, um, all right. Well, my message uh, this morning is, uh, if you're taking notes, which you know we always recommend taking notes here, uh, if you're taking notes, my message title today is strength and weakness, and I'm gonna be coming out of the book of Judges. Okay, I know a little old school um, scripture for us today. And I'm going to be coming out of verse, or chapter 16, verses 4 through 22, okay? I know that's a lot. A lot of verses. Stick with me, all right? Um, we're going through, I'm just going to real quick read through and highlight the story of Samson, okay? Um, so if you guys just want to, you know, kind of kind of stick with me here, um, I'm going to try to read through, you know, pretty quickly, and uh, then we'll kind of break it down, Okay. Um, But so this is chapter 16, starting in verse 4. Uh, It just says After this, he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. And the lords of the Philistines came up to her and said to her, Seduce him and see where his great strength lies, and by what means we may overpower him, that we may bind him to humble him, and we will each give you 1,100 pieces of silver. So Delilah said to Samson, "'Please tell me where your great strength lies, "'and how you might be bound that one could subdue you.' "'Samson said to her, "'If they bind me with seven fresh bowstrings "'that have not been dried, "'then I shall become weak and be like any other man.' "'And then the lords of the Philistines "'brought up to her seven fresh bowstrings "'that had not been dried, and she bound him with them. "'Now she had men lying in ambush in an inner chamber, "'and she said to him, "'The Philistines are upon you, Samson.' And he snapped the bowstrings as a thread of flax snaps when it touches the fire, so the strength of his secret was not known. When Delilah said to Samson, "'Behold, you have mocked me and told me lies. Please tell me how you might be bound.' And he said to her, "'If they bind me with new ropes that have not been used, then I shall become weak and be like every other man.' So Delilah took new ropes and bound him with them and said to him, "'The Philistines are upon you, Samson.' And the men lying in ambush were in an inner chamber, but he snapped the ropes off his arms like a thread. Then Delilah said to Samson, until now, you have mocked me and told me lies. Tell me how you might be bound. And he said to her, if you weave the seven locks of my head into the web and fasten it tight with a pin, then I shall become weak and be like any other man. So while he slept, Delilah took the seven locks of his head and wove them into the web. And she made them tight with the pin and said to him, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. But he awoke from his sleep, and he pulled away the pin, the loom, and the web. And she said to him, How can you say I love you when your heart is not with me? You have mocked me these three times, and you have not told me where your great strength lies. And when she pressed him hard with her words day after day and urged him, his soul was vexed to death. And he told her all his heart, and he said to her, a razor has never come upon my head for i have been a nazarite to god from my mother's womb if my head is shaved then my strength will leave me and i shall become weak and be like any other man when delilah saw that he had told her all his heart she sent and called the lords of the philistines saying come up again for he has told me all his heart then the lords of the philistines came up to her and brought the money in their hands she made him sleep on her knees And she called a man and had him shave off the seven locks of his head. Then she began to torment him, and his strength left him. And she said, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. And he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. And the Philistines seized him, gouged out his eyes, and brought him down to to Gaza and bound him with bronze shackles. And he ground at the mill in the prison— But the the hair of his head began to grow back again after it had been shaved. All right. I know it's a lot. Big story. Uh, But I'm going to pray and I'm going to kind of go through kind of what the Lord has laid on my heart about that scripture and about Samson. All right. Father God, we thank you so much for this morning, um, for what you're doing in this place, um, the, the presence that we feel here. God, we just thank you for that. We just pray that... Um, This word um, that you have given to me would um, would just be received uh, with open ears by all of us this morning, Lord. I pray that you would just use me as a mouthpiece. Um, God, that it would just be your presence flowing. Um, God, thank you again for this opportunity. I'm going to pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Uh, So, Samson and Delilah, pretty. well-known Bible story, right? Um, you know, I would guess if you've been around Christianity or the church for any amount of time, um, you've heard about Samson and Delilah and, you know, kind of this whole situation. Um, and I remember as a kid, I always loved Samson as, as like this biblical, like, superhero type guy, right? Like, he's just insanely strong. Um, the, the stories before that piece of scripture are just, you know, feats of his strength and taking on a ton of Philistines and, you know, just being this crazy warrior. Um, And in Sunday school, we used to watch these little, like, animated videos, like when I was a kid. And um, I remember, like, two specifically of these movies, the the two that I remember, one was of David and Goliath, and the other was of Samson and Delilah and and this whole story. Um, And I tell you what, I wanted to be Samson so bad because, like, he was just sweet. He was just this awesome character who was like, I mean, I, I thought of him as, as like this superhero, and I was like, shoot, I won't cut my hair, like, I'll just, I want to be like this sweet, jacked, huge super soldier for the Lord, you know, like, I, I won't cut my hair, that'd be awesome. Um, but that really was all that I understood about Samson as a kid, was, you know, that he had long hair and he was super strong. Like, I didn't really understand or comprehend his story as it's meant to be understood okay um, and, and I think that we can you know read this story like this and we can easily just start to think like you know shoot Samson got himself into trouble by messing around with this Delilah lady um, you know it's exactly why you can't mess around with untrustworthy women right or men like that's that's like the the, the thought that people have a lot, and that's like the actual application that's been used time and time again in the church is like, this is like a warning as to like not, you know, be careful who you pick as a spouse, like, you know what I mean, like that's kind of like the warning message, Um, and I'm not saying that that's not true in many cases, okay, because it is important to do some research when you're picking somebody that you want to be with, all right, Um, that's definitely important, I don't disagree with that. But I think the, the larger issue here, um, with that being the main takeaway, is that it places all this blame on Delilah and kind of gives Samson this like easy out, like she was just like this evil woman that tricked him, right? Um, kind of lets him skirt out of some of the uh, the accountability in this story that he needs to take. Um, because if we look back a few chapters in the book of Judges, it tells the story of Samson's birth, okay? And it tells about his mother who was barren and couldn't have children. And she was visited by an angel, and he told her that she was going to have a child, okay? And if you've ever read any, any Bible stories where somebody is visited by an angel, it's not like a uh, you know, floating white creature with a halo. Like, it's pretty scary. So, like, she was freaked out went and told her husband. Angel came back, and she grabbed her husband, and I was like, this is what I was telling you about. Like, this, this creature is, is telling me that we're going to have a baby, all right? Um, but basically, what she was told by this angel is that this child should be consecrated to the Lord and live as a Nazarite for God his entire life, okay? Um, that means that he would be set apart, okay? He would be one of God's, like, few chosen elite like, people that's going to be, he's going to be a ruler in the land, okay? And that means that he would not drink wine or any form of fermented grape. He wouldn't um, eat any, like, food that was considered unclean. And um, he wouldn't touch a dead body. It was one of the stipulations there. And, uh, of course, that he wouldn't cut his hair. That's, like, obviously the big one in this story, okay? So that is um, kind of the the start of Samson's story here, okay? And by doing that, he would be set apart among God's people and he would have this special covenant with the Lord. So from that moment of conception on, Samson was anointed and consecrated to the Lord to the point where even when his mother was pregnant, she abstained from wine and, you know, unclean food to make sure that he wouldn't receive any of that, even in the womb, okay? Which I know is like, now it's like, well, no duh. But like back then, people drank wine all throughout their pregnancies like it was no big deal. So that was like a big thing for her to not do, okay? Um, but this that was like a serious covenant between the Lord and Samson. And, you know, this covenant, it's like, you know, Samson is being blessed by the Lord with strength and power to lead and protect his people. And God is being honored through the covenant that Samson and his parents have made to him, okay? So that sounds like a pretty good deal, right? Like, you know, we have both sides are receiving something in this covenant, okay? It's a great deal for both parties involved, but like every deal that's ever been made throughout the history of earth, a deal only works if both sides really hold up their end of that deal, right? And that kind of becomes the issue here with Samson is that Samson is a man, okay? God is over here, Samson's over here, Samson's a man, can't really uphold all of his responsibilities in the covenant because he's sinful okay he's a man so he doesn't do a great job of upholding his side despite being called and chosen by God to lead his people and making that covenant with him Samson multiple times went against his covenant with the Lord okay there's one point where he if you go back and read you should go back and read judges 16 or uh it's like 14 15 and 16 this whole story of samson's crazy um because it details like the feats of his strength and all this stuff that he's doing um but it talks about him going um he's not he's traveling and there's this lion that comes out like a young lion and he kills the lion he's so strong he rips it apart it says he tears it like one would tear a lamb like he just rips this thing to shreds with his bare hands um But then later, he comes back upon this lion, and these bees have made like a nest in there and have honey in there, and he eats the honey because he's hungry out of this dead animal, which as we've already highlighted, he's required not to touch dead bodies, okay, dead things. So that's a no-no, he breaks that, okay? And later, um, he's found to be with Philistine prostitutes. Also, not great kind of goes against his covenant to the Lord, okay? Um yet God remained faithful to him, okay? At one point it says that the spirit of Lord, of the Lord came upon him and empowered him to kill 1000 Philistines with the jawbone of a donkey, okay? Like I don't know if you can can grasp that like how many people that is without any like actual weapon. Um But he kills that many Philistines that are attacking him, which is just nuts. Um, And again, the 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 donkey jawbone thing is very interesting because, again, that's dead body shouldn't be touching it, but the Lord is still faithful and empowers him to to defeat all these enemies, right? so that's, that's kind of his thing is, you know, he's, he's broken this covenant kind of time and time again with these little, you know, kind of slip-ups that shouldn't really be happening, but the Lord remains faithful to him, okay? And then later it says that Samson tore up the city gates from the ground and moved them out of the way so he could escape, okay? And this takes place after he's with a prostitute, all right? So <laughs> he breaks the covenant. He's not being very faithful with it. But again, the Lord is just so faithful to him that he empowers him with the strength to remove an entire gate that is blocking him in this city so he won't be killed and he'll be able to escape. Like he just rips it out from the ground and tosses it to the side. That's pretty crazy. Um, so, with all that being said, you know, despite Samson's human nature and inability to fulfill his responsibilities to God. He still is remaining faithful to him through the disobedience and the willingness to allow things to enter his life, right? He's totally willing to allow all these things to come in that have no place there. God is still being faithful to him. See, if you look at the, the story of Samson, I feel like it's very easy to sit back and be like, dude, like, Samson, what are you doing? Like, you're this, you've been consecrated to the Lord, you're this holy man. And clearly, like in this scripture that we just read, Delilah is an evil woman, Clearly, that's very obvious, you know? Clearly, she's not looking out for you. There's no way that somebody's looking out for you when they continually probe about a weakness that's like the only weakness that you have that could possibly take away your your strength that the Lord has given you, right? She's probing and searching for that weakness to hurt you, not to help you. So it's easy for us to like sit back and make that judgment, okay? But I believe that Samson would have never gotten to that point of letting Delilah in on this this huge secret and, and kind of compromising himself there if he had not compromised in other areas of that covenant first, right? Because that's what exactly what happened. It's, it's, it, that led up to this, the big compromise. If he had remained faithful and he'd not already given into temptation, then he most likely wouldn't have had this soft spot for Delilah and in the, in the sin that they were living in, right? It was that, that buildup. And it's the exact same with us. Because that's how sin works all the time. It's a slippery slope when we, when we allow these seemingly small things to kind of get past the defenses. It always seems to grow beyond that small thing, right? You know, if we take a look at Samson, he didn't go from being faithful in his covenant straight to telling this Philistine enemy evil woman his secret about where his strength comes from. Okay, he didn't go straight from being faithful to telling her. Nobody goes straight from being faithful in a relationship to cheating on their spouse without letting something get in in between. Nobody goes straight from being faithful in the relationship with the Lord to embezzling money from their company. There's these little things that they allow to take place in between that make it easier and easier for that large occurrence to take place. Okay? that's not that it's... It's not the way that it works when it's just like straight from point a to point z there's all these points in between where we allow things to enter in okay and that's why it's so important to be vigilant against like those small sins right like the small sin that we like in our human minds it's like okay well the big ones obviously you don't cheat on your spouse you don't kill someone you don't steal a ton of money that's great but the, the little white lies that slip in, the, the pornography, the, the, all these so-called little things, those are the things that we have to really be on guard for because that's what sets up the larger stuff. The things that people don't deem as being a big deal are the very things that actually become the stepping stones to create those huge downfalls. Because Samson didn't just wake up one day and decide that he was going to throw away his strength and his covenant with the Lord because he felt like it. It was caused by the things that he allowed to slowly disintegrate his end of that covenant. And I think this is the whole point of the story of Samson. And, you know, maybe the entire book of Judges as well. It's our inability as human beings to uphold our end of the deal with God. As hard as we may try, we are sinful beings whose flesh doesn't align with the holiness of God. Okay, we fall short. And, and that's highlighted, I mean, not only the book of Judges, but in, you know, pretty much the entire Old Testament is showing us that we fall short and leading back to you know, the entire reason of the Bible points back to you know, the, the, the fact that we need a Savior, right? Points back to the fact that every time God makes a covenant with his people or an individual, at some point, the, the type of sin that people allow in, will will fester and we are unable to uphold our end of that covenant. We're absolutely no different today than Samson was back then in terms of the way that sin works in our lives, okay? Now, I don't know about you. I mean, there have been many times in my life when I'm just like trying so hard not to sin. I'm just like, I'm holding on so tight. I'm like, come on, Scott, just don't do this thing, okay? Just don't sin. You don't have to do this thing. Just walk away. Don't do this. And then what ha- ends up happening inevitably is I fall right back into that thing and I end up sinning anyways. And doing, doing that exact same thing I was trying so hard to avoid. And it's because I'm just, I was just trying to, to muscle it through and just willpower it to make it happen on my own. And that's not how it works. When it comes to sin, you're not able to willpower yourself past something. You know, you might be able to willpower yourself to start a business, or to start a new gym routine, something like that, you're not going to willpower yourself past temptation time and time again. Okay? Because that sin is sneaky. And when we try to handle it on our own, the end result is failure. Because human nature without Christ is exactly that. It's falling short. It's failure. Now I don't want this to come off as like, I'm just like beating us into the dirt that we are aren't good enough and you know we're sinful and um, terrible people but the reality is that we are sinful creatures we have we have been separated from God because he can't be with us because of our sinful nature because he's perfect right that's that's the truth and without that perspective the good news of Jesus Christ really isn't that good right like without that separation being there without us being unable to be in relationship and close with God the good news of Jesus Christ isn't good because if we were already perfect and blameless without any sin, if your truth was your truth and my truth was my truth and, you know, all, everything is all good, then the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross literally means nothing. Because without us being sinful and being separated from God, that's where the good news comes from, that we are able to be saved. I also, I don't want this to come off as an excuse Either to not have self-control, like, oh well, I'm just like a sinful being, so I might as well just you know lean into it and whatever. It's it's not a big deal, because that that's not what that means either, right? Like, you know, when when you meet Jesus Christ, He empowers you with the Holy Spirit Helper against sin. Okay, that that's where we're able to defeat sin. He gives you the ability to overcome the temptation. So it's not an excuse that that we have to, um, you know. To, to just kind of like as a cop-out, because we, we have help, all right? There's not really even the need for us to try to really like willpower ourselves past sin because we have the help of the Holy Spirit in resisting temptation, right? And we lean into him, and by his strength, we are able to overcome. I mean, when Samson tried to do things on his own, it turned out poorly, When he gave in to what Samson wanted, it turned out poorly. But when the Spirit of God came upon him, it gave him strength and power to defeat the Philistines, to rip gates out of the ground, to rip a lion in half. In 2 Corinthians it says, For when I am weak, then I am strong. Because it's not me that makes me strong, it's Christ living in me. It's his Holy Spirit living in me that makes me strong, that gives me that power. See, Samson, he, he seemed to have forgotten his calling and his anointing when he got involved with Delilah, right? Like, he forgot that he was the man that God had called to lead his people. Because all he really cared about was, was what Samson wanted to do. He just saw, you know, pretty women, and, and that's what he was going for. He, didn't, he didn't, kind of had the blinders on, not really thinking about what, what the Lord had called him to do in that moment. And by following what Samson wanted to do instead of what God had called him to do, he forfeited the anointing that God had given him. By living in sin and eventually giving in to Delilah, he lost the power that God had placed in him. Okay, it literally said that the Lord had left him. Now, I, I want to pause and I just want to state that you know, the, the call of God on your life is irrevocable. Okay, It cannot be removed no matter what you choose to do, no matter the mess you find yourself in, okay, your calling has been given to you by God. It's irrevocable, okay? However, depending on the way that you choose to live your life, the things that you allow to enter in, the sin and the separation from God that can occur, you can forfeit your influence and you can forfeit your anointing for a specific place and time that He's called you to, all right? There are consequences that come along with the decisions that we make, okay? Samson still had the call of God on his life, but he had been taken captive and blinded and beaten and, and forced to turn a mill, or yeah, turn a mill as a slave as a result of his disobedience, okay? He lost the ability to lead his people that he had been called to lead because of his sin, because giving in to what you know, his, his flesh had wanted. But who also knows that the story doesn't end there because at the very last verse that I had read there, it doesn't end with him getting his eyes gouged out and becoming a slave, okay? Because our God is faithful in holding up his end of the covenants. Because in verse 22 it says, but the hair of his head began to grow again after it had been shaved. See, after a while, Samson's hair did start to grow again the source of his power the lord was growing his hair out okay and the philistines after a little while they decided to have this party all right to to celebrate and to honor their god for delivering samson into into their hands okay this is what happens just shortly after and at this party there were 3000 philistines in this large house and they brought samson out as entertainment kind of to you know mock him and and show how powerful their god was because they were able to subdue this great, you know, warrior that had been terrorizing them forever. So they bring him out and they, they kind of chain him up between these these like two pillars that are in this house, right? And it just so happens that these two pillars are like the 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 actual base structure of this this big home that everybody's in. It's like this big stone house. And as the party's going on, Samson obviously is blind, can't see, but I'm sure that it's not a great situation where there's a bunch of people coming up to him and mocking him and probably spitting on him, all this stuff. And there's one, says there's one young man next to him and he just says, hey, can you help me to feel these pillars so that I can just lean up against it because I'm really tired. So this guy is like, well, sure, whatever. So he just like helps him to feel where the pillars are at on either side of them. And then in verse 28, it says, Then Samson called to the Lord and said, O Lord God, please remember me, and please strengthen me only this once, O God, that I may avenge on the Philistines for my two eyes. And then it says, Samson pushed on the pillars, and the Lord strengthened him, and he brought the house down on top of himself and the Philistines, inside, avenging himself and his God. So just the Lord gave him all of his strength back. He pushed the, the structure apart and this whole thing came down and killed every Philistine in this house, which is more people than he had killed in his entire time as a warrior, just like crushed everybody. Now I understand that that ending for Samson, still not awesome because he was still in the house when it crumbled. Um, But when he called on God to remember him and restore his strength just one last time, God remembered him. God was faithful to him. God honored him one last time as the man that he had chosen. See, God upheld his end of the covenant he had with Samson. Even though Samson had failed and broken the covenant himself, and to me that is the whole point of this story. It's not about choosing the right woman or man or you know, spouse or even about resisting temptation. It's about our need for a savior. It's about our inability to meet God's standards, right? But God's goodness and in his nature to always be faithful, that's what the story is really about. And I, and I like to think in this story of Samson that he uses the, the idea of somebody being like inhumanly strong to really drive the point home that, you know, even if you are the greatest warrior, even if you're, you're able to accomplish all of these, these huge earthly feats, you still are imperfect and you will still come up short. You will still allow things to happen. And ultimately, you will not have met God's standard in the end. You will need a savior. That's, that's the, the driving force here in this entire story. And uh, worship team, you guys can probably make your way back up here. Um, but by highlighting this fact in this story that actually sets up the story of Jesus really, really well. Because Jesus is the reconciliation on our behalf for us not meeting the mark, right? I mean, he, he's God's way of finally making us able to be in perfect relationship with him. By Jesus coming to earth and dying on the cross and and raising from the grave, he gave us the ability to be, you know, to be one with him again. And the Holy Spirit, he left us the Holy Spirit. So unlike Samson, when the presence of God may have come on him, you know, from time to time and, and empowered him when he needed it to defeat an enemy, we have the ability to be in the presence of God constantly, day to day, in prayer with the Holy Spirit, allowing him to empower us at all times, not just every once in a while. And if there's anything that I want you to get out of this message today, it's, it's that no matter what you've done, no matter how you've messed up or how you may feel, the garbage that you've dealt with in your life, no matter the way that you may have wandered away from the Lord at times, he is so faithful to uphold his covenants he is so faithful to uphold his covenant he's so faithful that when Samson turned his back on him he still remembered him one last time and gave him the strength to defeat his enemies in a crazy way he's so faithful that when I've turned my back on him he's been faithful to remember me and send his son to die on the cross for me And for you. That's how faithful he is. Even though he knew that we would turn our backs on him. Just as Samson did. He still sent Jesus to the cross for us to save humanity. To be able to be in oneness with us again. There's redemption available for you. I don't care if there is, is something in your past that is hanging on or you're currently dealing with something, some type of sin that you've just been trying to like break away from forever and just seems to hang on. I don't care what it is. If you feel stuck in something, he is faithful in his covenant and there is freedom through him always, no matter what it is. You just simply need to lay it down at his feet. You simply need to declare that it's it's not through your own strength but it's through his strength that you can be free it's in his strength where we find that true freedom it's not through any type of willpower that you have on your own i know a lot of guys that have great willpower to be able to make things happen heaven's not one of those things living in freedom from sin is not one of those things that you can just willpower your way past But He is faithful in His covenant to us as followers of Christ. That He delivers us from sin into freedom. So as we as we close here, I mean, we're gonna sing another another song. Uh, We're gonna worship Him because He is that good. He is faithful in His covenants. Um, But I just I want to do I want to open up the altar again. You know, I know that people have already been down here on their face this morning. If, if you feel like you need to come back down here, if there's something that you have just been been struggling with that's been like weighing you down, there's a chain that's just you can't break free from. I just want you to know that there is freedom in, found in Christ because he is always faithful in his covenants. He's always faithful. So I'm going to open this altar back up. If you feel him calling you back down here, Come back down here. Come have somebody pray over you. Submit yourself before Him and, and just let Him break those things off of you. Experience the freedom that He has for you, and how good it is to actually live in that covenant with with God because of what Jesus Christ did. I mean, does that sound good? Awesome. Well, if you guys want to stand, um, we're just gonna go ahead and worship. And like I said, just. If you gotta come back down here and just and get right with God before you leave here, don't leave before you do that. Alright? We love you guys.